In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to our Sunday celebration of Mass. And as you see, you find yourself today celebrating this Mass in a very different place from what would be normal. We have a very beautiful day and it reminds us of the beauty of uh, and wonders of God's creation. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter and it's a Sunday which by tradition is called Good Shepherd Sunday, taking its name from chapter 10 uh, of St John's Gospel which is always read on this particular Sunday. I ask you especially to remember in your prayers of today's Mass John Collins, a parishioner of mine in a previous parish uh, who is seriously ill at this time. To prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred mysteries, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, 
lead us to share in the joys of heaven, so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherd has gone before, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up with the eleven and addressed the crowd in a loud voice. The whole house of Israel can be certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hearing this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the Apostles, What must we do, brothers? You must repent, Peter answered, and every one of you must be baptised in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise that was made is for you and your children, and for all of those who are far away, for all of those whom the Lord our God will call to himself. He spoke to them for a long time using many arguments. And he urged them, Save yourself and this perverse generation. And they were convinced by his arguments, and they accepted what he said, and were baptised. That very day, three thousand were added to their number. The Word of the Lord.
A reading from the first letter of St. Peter. The merit in the sight of God is in bearing punishment patiently when you are punished after doing your duty. This, in fact, is what you were called to do because Christ suffered for you and left an example for you to follow in the way that he took. He had not done anything wrong and there had been no perjury in his mouth. He was insulted and did not retaliate with insults. When he was tortured, he made no threats, but he put his trust in the righteous judge. He was bearing our faults in his own body on the cross, so that we might die to our faults and live for holiness. Through his wounds we have been healed. And you had gone astray like sheep, but now you have come back to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. And Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold through the gate but gets in some other way is a thief and brigand. The one who enters through the gate is a shepherd of the flock. The gatekeeper lets him in. The sheep hear his voice. And one by one he calls his own sheep and leads them out. When he has brought out his flock, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow because they know his voice. They never follow a stranger, but run away from him. They do not recognize the voice of strangers. Jesus told them this parable, but they failed to understand what he had meant by telling it to them. And Jesus spoke to them again. I tell you most solemnly, I am the gate of the sheepfold. All others who have come are thieves and brigands, but the sheep took no notice of them. I am the gate. Anyone who enters through me will be safe. They will go freely in and out and be sure of finding pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, so that they may have life, and have it to the full. The Gospel of the Lord. could get easily lost in the passage from the Gospel today at Mass. 
there is a thicket of metaphors in that parable that we've listened to. The shepherd, the gatekeeper, the gate and the sheep. Who's who and what is what. Jesus, as you know, often likes to describe the country scenes that were familiar to the people. Things that were daily occurrences that probably caught their eye. Nothing, though, could have been more familiar to Jesus and his listeners than the sheep out to pasture, sheep with a shepherd watching over them, sheep roaming the hillside or drinking water from streams. So what we hear then is Jesus describing something that would have been very familiar to his listeners, a pen, an enclosed place in which the sheep are kept, probably not fenced, but probably walled with a gate and a gatekeeper. In this pen are all the sheep, and the pen itself is probably a kind of cooperative in which all the neighbourhood keep their sheep in it. The pen itself is, of course, a place of safety for the sheep. Only those that can get in are those that the gatekeeper allows, and those are legitimate. Anyone who climbs the walls comes with a motive to steal and to kill the sheep. They are thieves and brigands. The gatekeeper, of course, allows a shepherd, any shepherd uh, that he knows, to enter in. And the shepherd calls his own with a whistle, a shout, or maybe a command. They know his voice. They know his smell. They associate with him the one that leads them to pastures and food. The sheep, of course, are skittish. They flock together for safety and security. But they are savvy. They will not go with one who is a stranger, whose smell and voice they do not know. It's a consolation, isn't it, that the passage itself tells us that the apostles themselves had no clue what Jesus was saying. Shepherd, sheep, gate, gatekeeper, they also get tied up in the images. They didn't understand it. In another part of this chapter, Jesus speaks of himself as being like a shepherd. But he identifies here instead with the gate of the sheepfold, this enclosed space, this pen. The gate itself, of course, has two purposes. First, to offer safety. No one can get in who shouldn't get in. And the gate itself is a barrier. The only people that are getting in are those who should get in. But the gate also has another purpose. It swings open and allows the sheep to enter into the pasture beyond the gate and to be fed, to wander and to drink water. Jesus himself uses this idea of the gate as closed and as swinging open to have a kind of higher meaning, if you like. In this part of the Gospel of St John, in the 10th chapter, we have two ideas that are at play, the image of the shepherd and the image also of the gate. This part of the passage is not concerned so much with the image of the shepherd, but more with the gate. The gate itself is strong and safe and secure. The gate that is only opened to those who are allowed in it. No harm can come 
to those who are within. But the gate also has a second purpose. It swings open to the pastures and the waters that the sheep themselves long for. In these days, the image of that gate, of being kept safe, is very appealing to us all. It's very current and it's very relevant. The passage tells us that nothing can get past the gate. Nothing can climb the walls. That sense of being kept safe and secure is an idea that appeals to us in this time of fear and trepidation of what might happen beyond the walls of our own house and beyond our front door. The parable instead assures us that God will keep us safe, he will keep us secure and he will not let any harm come to us. The idea of safety and a safe place is in these days in the forefront of our own minds. We want to be people who are safe. We want to be safe ourselves and we want no harm to come to those around about us as well. We want to be kept safe in these times of danger. We want to be kept safe when darkness falls and when troubles come upon us. The image then of the gate is a powerful one. In these days in which our own houses are locked against the dangers which are outside. So the gate of the gospel speaks about the gate being closed tightly to keep us safe. God will not let any harm come to us. We are safe and sound and we are watched over. We place our trust today and always that God will keep us safe, that he will keep those who are dear to us safe as well. But like any gate, the gate itself's sole purpose is not to remain closed, but it's also to open up, to swing open and to allow us to go free. God never wishes us to be locked up or locked down, but to be free. Not to be chained, not to be closed in, not to be locked in. We are born to be free, to roam, to breathe, the air, to go where we will. The sense of the gate swinging open then is also one that's very appealing to us in these days when we will eventually be able to pass through to the open space that lies beyond. In these days then we pray to God to be kept safe by his grace. We know that God will not let any harm come to us and we pray that there will be no harm that come to others. We pray that his grace will continue to protect us and others, that it will keep us safe in the day of terror, that it will keep us safe in times of trial, that it will keep us safe when dangers lurk. We ask God to be for us once again the gate of the sheepfold that keeps us safe, our family, our town, our country and all the world but also to be that gate that swings open to be green pastures and living waters, the gate that leads us to good things, to joy and peace and to deep contentment, that leads us to the things that God wishes of us. Let that gate itself always open to us, to go into the fresh air of your own grace, to allow us to roam free by the grace of God and always to keep us safe.
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, and through him all things were made. For us, men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate to the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Conscious of the grace and the love of God, we make our prayers to our Heavenly Father. For all who long to be kept safe from the virus, and we pray especially for people that are at risk, especially those with illnesses and those who are aged. Lord, hear us. For those who serve their brothers and sisters in this time of human crisis, in the medical profession, as carers, and in all the service industries, and the many people that have mobilised to help us through these difficult times, Lord, hear us. For peace in our hearts in these times of turmoil, that God may grant us peaceful mind and spirit to live through these times and to be stronger and to come out with a different outlook in life after these times. Lord, hear us. That in this period in which we have time in our own hands, we pray that we may spend more times in the presence of the Lord. Lord, hear us. For those who find themselves alone, that God may grant them consolation and strength. Lord, hear us. For all who worry about feeding themselves and their families and keeping warm, that all of us may be attentive to the needs of our neighbour. Lord, hear us. For those with other illnesses other than the virus, that they may get the care that they need for, that they need, and so be well again. Lord, hear us. For all who have died, Anne Bradley and James Logan, and all that we are asked to remember. Lord, hear us. Heavenly Father, grant the prayers and the desires of our own hearts, which we make with ever-growing confidence, through Christ our Lord.
pray now, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Grant, we pray, O Lord, that we may always find delight in these Paschal mysteries, so that the renewal constantly at work within them may be the cause of our unending joy. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to acclaim you, Lord, but in this time above all to laud you yet more gloriously when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For with the old order destroyed, a universe cast down is renewed, and integrity of life is restored to us in Christ. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exults in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. And in a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have hailed as worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. 
Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray. That with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your Church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
Let's just pray. Look upon your flock, kind shepherd, and be pleased to settle in eternal pastures the sheep you have redeemed by the precious blood of your Son, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. And we continue to ask Mary's special protection for us in these days. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended.